0: At any given moment, your body is under attack, and if we aren't armed, these attacks become life-threatening diseases. We as humans are fighting an internal battle, 24 hours a day, unconsciously. Modern medicine teaches us how to tackle a disease pharmacologically, but it also teaches us, through rigorous science, how we can prevent a disease from occurring. Unfortunately, we are seeing more and more efforts being made in the prevention of disease states that run havoc to our physiological system. But we are rarely making the connection to what these small battles are doing to our brain and, in turn, our life. So, in today's episode, I'm going to take you through three things I believe will help guide you to make better decisions so you can perform better, think faster, and live longer. We will cover the neuroscience of decision making. We'll then go into the 1% compound effect. I'll then close out by listening to a short interview I did with a Wall Street investor on how important managing your health and well being is for increasing your bottom line and revenue streams. Because let's face it, many of you listening to this podcast want to upgrade your brain to achieve happiness, freedom, and longevity. So ladies and gentlemen, without further delay, let's get into the episode neuroscience neurology longevity and beyond learn everything you need to know from the best physicians and experts in the world the neuro experience podcast is a platform to help you understand what the brain is and how it shapes every part of our lives every episode comes to you from highly credible sources i'm louisa nicola medical neuroscientist from australia living in new york city come and take a neuro experience with me A quick note and a quick thank you to our sponsors. 8sleep has been a partner and a sponsor of the Neuro Experience podcast for a long time now, and it's because I just love sleeping on their performance mattress. Their Pod Pro cover has really enhanced my recovery and my overall sleep performance. I track and measure my sleep using different types of metrics, but now with the introduction of a sleep performance mattress, you can be sleeping better and achieving optimal performance. I'm in Vegas right now on a work trip and my REM sleep score has gone down immensely. And that's because I'm not controlling the thermal regulation of my internal system. With the pod pro cover, I'm able to control my temperature. We all know that in order to fall asleep and stay asleep, your body needs to drop or your core body temperature needs to drop at least two degrees. And it's hard to maintain this. It's hard to maintain this with ambient air, and it's hard to maintain this just by yourself. This is why smart technology such as the 8Pod Pro Cover or the 8Sleep company as a whole has introduced a, a phenomenal product that is available to everybody. If you want to look at our exclusive offer and take advantage of our promo code, you can go to 8 slash Louisa and you will get $150 off the Pod Pro cover or the 8sleep mattress. That's 8sleep.com/louisa go through do your own research if this is something that you're struggling at if you are having trouble falling asleep and staying asleep maybe it's time that you look at investing in an 8sleep mattress i want to also thank our second sponsor which is span health span health is an app And they use your wearables data to generate a report with metrics to improve your performance. They create a list of recommended diets, sleep, and exercise experiments based on your data. I've been using this for the past two months, and I have to say it's a game changer. For anybody out there who is wearing an Aura Ring, a Whoop, you're sleeping on the 8Sleep Pod Pro, or you're wearing a Garmin watch... The the hardest thing is looking and spending time at tracking all of these metrics. Span Health is an app that actually collates data from all of your wearables and puts it into one app and it spits out a report and it tells you how you can be sleeping better, how you can be dieting better, how you can be exercising better, taking into consideration all of these metrics. And it's it's so fascinating because you not just get control of all of your data but they actually give you a dedicated coach whenever you want so you can talk through this so if you're thinking well I've got my eight sleep I've got my aura ring I've got my whoop, but I really don't know what to do what is my what does my sleep score mean what does my recovery score mean how do I increase this to overall increase my health span and my lifespan well guys this app is the first one on the market you can skip the waitlist and join SPAN today with our exclusive 35% off promo code. All you have to do is go to span.health slash Louisa to claim this offer. All links are below. So guys, that's span.health slash Louisa to claim this offer. What happens to our brain during decision-making? What are the things that we need to do to increase this area of our brain so we can make better decisions? Well, let's first talk about the thing that we've all heard about, and that's the CEO of our brain. The brain region mainly involved in decision-making is at the front of your brain. It's called the prefrontal cortex. But let's go a bit further than that. If we really cut open that area of the brain, and researchers have, to really find out where are the decision-making components within that area, you'll find that we have a very important structure and it's called the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. It's not very important for you to know, but I just want you to all understand that to have great and effective decision-making, it really lies in how well the front of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, how well that area is performing. Now, when we make a choice or a decision, your brain really has two options. It's deciding between choice one, what we should do, and choice two, what we actually do. Now, albeit, I understand that we've all been in a very difficult position where we know that we should go out for a run, but instead we sit down, we watch Netflix, and we maybe indulge in some chocolate or something else. I'm definitely not immune to that, and neither are you. But what happens in that, in that split moment? Why do we choose what we actually do over what we should do? Well, research now shows that the interruption happens in your brain. Specifically, we have a disruption in what we call homeostasis. Homeostasis is pretty much that internal regulation system. It keeps us at a steady internal pace. For example, when we are too hot via thermal regulation, our body will bring us back down to a homeostatic state. Likely when we are too cold, our body will heat us back up and bring us back to that homeostatic state. So our body and our brain is really trying to internalize and bring us back to that homeostasis. And if we have a disruption in this process That's where the decision-making goes wrong. So what are these disruptions? How do we have a disruption in homeostasis? Well, let's just take sleep, for example. When we don't sleep well, we have a really bad night's sleep, we interrupt our REM sleep, we interrupt our slow-wave sleep. If we interrupt these two sleep phases, we have a disruption in many many regulatory systems, such as our hormonal regulation, our reward system, the way we crave food, all of these things are disrupted. And if we have a disruption in our hormone system, we're going to have a disruption in the way that we choose to make decisions. If we are sleep deprived, we are going to choose to eat more sugary foods rather than what we should be doing and eating a healthy, sustainable diet. So you can see that when we choose to make a decision, it is all based on how well your brain is functioning, how well the decision-making part of your brain is functioning. And when it's not functioning well, we make, or we tend to make, I'm not talking about absolutes here, we tend to make poor decisions. So there really are five main categories of things that allow us to engage in effort. And this engagement in effort leads to Better decision-making. And these things are neurons, which are the nerve cells, blood, muscle, heart, and lungs. Instead of going through all of them, I'm going to take you through two distinct things that I believe you can be doing to help upgrade your performance and in turn help upgrade your decision-making process. I'm going to start with a story, a patient X profile. I had a portfolio manager come and visit me. He runs a $50 million asset management portfolio. He works on Wall Street for a very big firm. Over the last three years, he has had declining returns. He didn't know what to do. He evaluated his strategy. He evaluated the market environment. He still couldn't come to a conclusion as to what was going wrong. He needed further help. So he came to NeuroAthletics we did the standard protocol. We assessed his brain via a brain scan. We did a full sleep analysis. Then we did some lab work. The results, well, we showed that the results in his brain came up with a decline in information processing speed. His brain actually looked like a 70-year-old brain. He was only 52. He also had elevated cortisol. Now, this disruption in information processing speed, meaning, meant that he, as he was aging, he was getting a delayed response in being able to make a decision and process information. You may be thinking, oh my gosh, why is that? Well, without going into too much detail, there are a number of different things that we do on a day to day basis, from what we eat to how we sleep to how we spend our time in nature, to what we're watching that can really have a positive and beneficial effect on our brain, or it can have an absolutely negative effect. And you can see from this brief uh, overview of patient X that he was doing everything that was terrible for his brain. He was drinking alcohol. He was not sleeping. He was he, he was watching the markets and he was doing a lot of trades uh, At late at night, he was also waking up early in the morning to uh, when the when the market was opening in New York City. He was sleeping around four hours a night. Now, this has a compounding effect over time. He also mentioned to me that, "Hey, Louisa, I used to try and catch up on my sleep on weekends, and that's a that's a prescription for disaster." I always say that sleep is not a bank; you can't repay it in debt. So, all of these effects over time has decreased his bottom line, has decreased his ability to make decisions, and he's now seen over a three-year period that his returns are declining. So I want you to look right now at your life and think, am I upgrading my performance? Am I doing everything I need to do to be able to make better decisions on a day-to-day basis? These decisions don't always need to involve money and business. The decisions of who you uh, hang out with on a day-to-day basis what you do, who you surround yourself with, these are all decisions. What you eat, what you put in your body, these are all tiny decisions that we really need to unpack so we can be making the correct decisions or the best decisions for you and your life on an hourly, on a, on a, on a minute, on a second basis. Let's move on. Let's look at two things that we can do to change our brain state to improve the brain to make better decisions. One thing that we can be doing is, of course, sleep. I've mentioned earlier that a beautiful thing happens in sleep. We have stage one sleep, which is non-REM. We have stage two non-REM. We have stage three non-REM. Then we move into REM sleep. In the first three stages of non-REM sleep, which is also the deep stages of sleep, I've mentioned before that our system goes through this thing called the activation of our lymphatic system. That is where we are literally detoxing and uh, getting rid of all of the accumulated proteins and toxins that build up through the day through environmental effects and other things such as what we're eating, what we're drinking, etc., If we aren't optimizing for these deep sleep states, we are not cleaning our brain. Literally, it's like a sewage system. The glymphatic system is like a sewage system. If you want to learn more about this, we have done an episode on this, literally titled The Glymphatic System. So go through and listen to it. So that's one thing where we can have a disruption in homeostasis because our glymphatic system has not kicked in and cleared out all of those harmful toxins in our brain. What else happens if we don't sleep? Well, we know that memory consolidation happens during REM sleep. So if we are not optimizing for REM sleep, we are having a disruption in our learning and our memory and our thinking. Lastly, sleep is emotional first aid. We know that we can make bad decisions based on our emotions. If you've ever made a terrible decision because you've just you've been so angry in the moment, or you've been so tired, or you've been so emotional, and then you think back after you've had a good night's sleep, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have made that decision. That's because our emotional state is built and rebuilt within sleep. So you can see that sleep and optimizing for sleep is one of the best things that you can do to upgrade your brain, to have a healthy, healthy functioning brain, and to make better decisions. Let's move on to the second thing that you can be doing to help with decision-making, and that is optimizing your exercise regime. What I'm seeing a lot of is people on social media adopting an exercise regime that is really not suited for them. I understand it's very exciting to go and do a hit class. It's very exciting to go and do the latest exercise craze, but what are you really doing? What does science say? One thing that I've been optimizing for lately is my zone, zone two training. Zone two training is one of the best things that you can be doing to train your mitochondria. Your mitochondria, as I mentioned in my last episode, is the powerhouse of our cell. It's where all of our energy production happens. Heat production happens in that. And you know, when you look over time at people centenarians who live to 100 years or older, you see that they actually have an accumulation of more mitochondria. We want more mitochondria. And in in order to get this, the science says that we need to be doing about 150 minutes or more per week of zone 2 training. So that's one part that we can be doing to increase the more the mitochondria in our brain and in our body so we can in turn have a better functioning brain. Another great thing that endurance exercise does specifically is it builds the endurance of our brain. We have arteries, okay which our arteries so once we once we get out we exercise we're pumping blood from the heart to our vital organs and muscles and it does this via arteries then the the blood is returned back to the heart via our veins in between these two things we have capillaries and these are wonderful because we can actually build more capillaries and they are the capillaries are the uh Uh, the bridge, if you will, between the arteries and the veins. And that's where all of our oxygen delivery happens. We know that the brain cannot uh, function without adequate oxygen and obviously without adequate electrolytes and glucose, evidently. However, it just makes sense that having better delivery of oxygen to our brain enables us to have a better functioning brain, which enables us to have better decision-making. So, We really need to to reverse engineer this and think, well, if I want to grow the capillaries, well, I need to be working harder. I need to be having more blood being pumped around the body so I can increase the amount of capillaries. The only way to really do this is by long bouts of exercise, because that's what endurance is. It's very much defined as a period of engaging in long bouts of activity whether that's mental activity or physiological activity. So, if you want to if you want a very good protocol, the science suggests that you should be engaging in 150 minutes of zone 2 training per week. I do this via running. I do long, slow distance runs or I get on a stationary bike and I just go for it, and I tend to do it an hour at a time. I try to hit 4 hours a week. At that zone two low intensity pace, and the great thing is, and here's one of the myths I think around exercise: you don't need to go hard out. You don't need to go and raise your uh, your heart rate to its maximum every time you train. That should be in and in itself a, a motivator. Because something that used to deter me from training every single day was the fact that I just didn't want to go out and get my heart rate to that level. And so now knowing the science, knowing that I can achieve these benefits from a brain and longevity perspective, just by training at a a slow and steady pace, I can achieve the exact same results that I thought that I had to by training at such a hard pace. Now, I want to draw your attention to a general principle that I use with my athletes and my clients, and that is around the 1% rule. If you remember back to high school financial maths, you would have learned that compound interest is a good thing. We put money in the bank, and depending on the interest rate, we can capitalize on that investment through a principle called compound interest. And I like to think of this in the same way as putting in effort on a daily basis. The little protocols that I give my athletes and the programs that we do at NeuroAthletics all compounds in the end. I've had athletes that have been with me now for three years. I've taken them from the age of 21 to And we're three years on, and we can see when we look back and we do an analysis over the past 12 months or even over the past three years, we see that these tiny little tedious exercises that we have put in on a day to day basis have eventuated and resulted in the player that they are today. And I think this is an important rule because the 1% things that we do every day are maybe somewhat boring and you may feel like it's not getting you anywhere because they are so small. The effort is so small that you feel like you're not getting immediate gains. You know, we're living in a world where we want immediate gratitude. We want immediate, uh, we want to feel immediately like we've done something good. And sometimes those things where we don't have an immediate result, then we put it past us. We put it to the side and we think, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go out for my walk or my run. If I sleep half an hour later, it won't matter. And you know what, guys, in the science and in the literature, it does show that small amounts of, or decreases, I would say, in sleep patterns or in exercise do have detrimental effects over the long run. So uh, you know I like to think of these 1% efforts, the little moments matter. The small increments that you don't notice each day end up compounding and becoming our biggest results in the future. So take this with you whenever you feel like you don't want to exercise or when you don't want to prioritize sleep because it will pay dividends on your performance. Now moving on, as promised, to a guest speaker who will spend five minutes of this episode talking about how important it is to maintain good health and human optimization so he can make better decisions on a day-to-day basis. A lot of you have migrated over here from Wall Street. I've been doing a lot of talks and uh, a lot of consulting on Wall Street over the last six months. And I've noticed that we're getting a, a very big increase in the amount of listeners on here who are in the financial sector. And it's very interesting because this. This notion of high performance doesn't just revolve around human optimization and fitness. We can be high-performing individuals in any area or sector of life. So a, a very recent study in the Journal of Neuroscience suggests that brain activity may be a better predictor of stock price changes than prior market changes or the actual stocks people decide to invest in. Now, part of the neuroathletics method is brain scanning. We take a cohort of our individuals, whether they're portfolio managers or investors, um, or they're in the trading field, and we scan their brains and we figure out what is happening in their brain so we can better optimize their programming to achieve better results. Now, with that said, I managed to squeeze in a small interview with Luis Sanchez On the importance of having a clear and focused mind when it comes to investing. Now, Louis is an investor and he works on Wall Street. He currently lives in New York City and his day to day is absolutely manic. He's the uh, investor and founder of LVS Advisory, which is a New York City based registered investment advisory firm managing portfolios for many different clients. And I really wanted to understand what is happening on his day-to-day. So as with scientific experience, I also do field experience, which means I engage with investors regularly to understand how neurology ties in with their investment decisions. I want you to take a listen to what he has to say on how he prioritizes human optimization as an investor. Risk management to me means different things for different types of investments. And for one type of investment, it could mean focusing on something more quantitative on the other, on the other type of investment. It could be focused on something more subjective and more qualitative. So it's not, it's hard for me to give you like a precise answer. It, It just, the way that I would say it is that, um, When we enter into a position, we kind of know why we're in the position and we know what we care about. And if the facts surrounding the things that we are focused on change, that's when risk management, that's when we would make a risk management decision. So then there's, look, so then... I'm gathering that there's a huge difference between what you do, and then a difference between day traders who are the ones who are really contacting me because they're the ones on the day, day to day that are needing to make those fast, quick decisions. You know, if you're if you're trading on a daily basis, equities, for example, or, or you need to make a decision where it's like, you know, I've had clients say to me, Louise, I'm, you know, tomorrow's going to be a big day. If I if I make this trade, I can make you know twenty mil for my. Um, for my client. If I don't, I'm going to lose that money and they go through all this stress. So it's very different to what you're doing in terms of long. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Neuro Experience podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please go through, rate the podcast, write a written review. We always get asked, Louisa, what can we do to support you? Writing a written review, tagging your name or Instagram handle in there would mean the absolute world to me. The reason why I tell you to tag your Instagram name is because I want to get to know my audience better. Please go through, give me your honest opinions. I welcome constructive criticism, but more so if this episode or any part of the your experience has meant something to you and has given you somewhat of value, please go through and share it with somebody that you think can benefit from this. As always, thank you for tuning in.